to Lone Star Latter-day Saint Voices, a podcast dedicated to conversations with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints right here in North Texas. So saddle up, y'all, and enjoy the ride. One thing that I've learned from doing this podcast is that there are still giants in the earth in these days, men and women who by example help all of us along our way. I love the quote, be a lamp, a ladder, or a lifeboat. My guests are often all three. Such is the case tonight when we are privileged to have with us Gary Wyland, husband, father, firefighter, hero, and legend. A native of Quincy, Illinois, Gary is a convert to the church of nearly 20 years. Gary and his family have been living in North Texas for over a decade, with eight years of that time spent as a firefighter for the city of Denton Fire Department. Now you might be thinking this is a story about being a first responder, and in a very real sense it is. But about a year ago, as Gary was living his life, being an everyday kind of hero, his story took a sudden and unexpected turn. Due to a complication from a two-year-old knee surgery, firefighter Gary Wyland was faced with the unthinkable, the need to amputate his leg. Welcome, Gary. Everyone who has ever had knee surgery, and all the rest of us too, want to know, what happened? I was actually playing football, running around with friends and family, and um, started to, my knee started swelling up, and then, then I started to lose feeling in my foot. So obviously went straight to the hospital, and they had found the issue. They see what the problem was, but unfortunately the damage had been done and they could not restore blood flow to my foot. So it was a pretty difficult process to, uh, to come to the realization that they're going to have to amputate my leg. Being a fireman, you know, for seven years at the time, I had lots of thoughts running through my mind as to how am I going to support my family and you know, wife and four kids and, they all like to eat and do activities. And um, so, of course, my thoughts turn straight to them. And how am I going to, you know, support them? How am I going to work? How, am I, how can I be a firefighter uh, with only one leg? And, and so, uh, you know, fortunately, I had some, some friends that knew of other amputees not necessarily firefighters, but they were amputees that were still able to work and function and do things. And, you know, prior to this, I had zero knowledge of, of amputees that they weren't part of my world. I didn't know anyone like that. And so it wasn't something that I really knew much about. And so, um, by them coming in while I was still in the hospital and talking to me and letting me know that, you know, it's going to be all right. You can still, you can still work. Not sure exactly what that was going to look like, but I could still support my family, you know, somehow. And so, um, that gave me some relief. And, and of course, uh, you know, my Bishop came in and we prayed a lot and, and we got a blessing and different things. And so that helped comfort, comfort me and, and my family and things. And, um, it was still an extremely difficult decision. Um, but it had to be, it had to be done. There was obviously no other, no other choice. And so that's, that's what happened. And so 
through the process of that happening and going through rehab and getting my prosthetic leg. And I actually met um, through Facebook, some other um, firefighters around the country that are amputees. Um, there's not very many of us, but there are a few out there. And so it's pretty, pretty awesome for them to reach out to me. Um, and they found me because my story went out to the internet. You know, we have firehouse.com is a, website that firefighters, you know, we get every, every month and we read stories and, and different things. And so, uh, my story made it into that website. And so people all around the country were contacting me and saying, Hey, you can do this. This is, this is what I do that, you know, and they all do it a little bit different. And so I got to kind of find my own path and, and way of doing things. And, you know, there's definitely new techniques and strategies and I have to think a little bit more, um, which is not a bad thing. You know, slows me down a little bit, so then I can actually. The end result is a little bit faster. It's kind of, kind of interesting how that works out. But um, yeah, it took it took a lot of uh, prayer. It took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Honestly, a lot of work to uh, to get back to it. But you know, ten months and six days following the amputation, I made it back to full duty firefighter. Um, no restrictions, just like one of the, one of the, one of the guys. So you kind of, um, defied the predictions that the doctors were telling you in the beginning, right? Yes. Uh, I've seen lots of doctors and, and of course they all have their own opinions and, and a couple of them told me that I was going to have to find some other line of work. I would not be able to fight fire anymore couple of them said, oh, yeah, you can, you know, do something in the fire service, you know, may not be on the fire truck. A um, couple of them said, you know, this day and age, the way the technology is, probably in the next year or two, you can get back to it. Um, just got to work hard and train and go through therapy and all that. And so that gave me some relief. I was like, okay, I got a couple guys here that, that think I can do it. And you know what, that's, that's kind of what I ran with and I decided that I was going to do it and I was going to do it quicker and better than, than anyone has before. And so that's what I set out to do. And, uh, you're a competitor. I have a little bit of competitive spirit about me. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah. um, well, um, I was kind of polling people as to what question they would ask you if they could be doing an interview. And one of the um, most popular questions was, um, what made you, what, and it's probably unanswerable, I understand that, but what do you think made you the kind of person that you are that could meet adversity with such fortitude? Right, that is a good question. You know, some people, I guess, are maybe born with it, others learn it. For me personally, I've always, just felt like I can do anything. And uh, obviously that's not the case. I can't do anything, but I've always felt like, like I could, you know, growing up, my parents were always uh, my best cheerleaders and, and told me I can do anything I want and be anything I want. And I really believed that. And I had an older brother who was uh, five years older than me. And he was um, twice my size growing up. And so he was always bigger and better and faster than me at everything. And so I didn't like that. I wanted to be bigger and better and faster than him. And so 
I think that's what kind of started that that competitive spirit about me that I wanted to to be the best that I could and, and show them just because I was not a very big guy, I can still compete and do things. And, um, you know, I've always been active my whole life with, with athletics and things. And so I am no stranger to injuries and things like that. And so my body tends to uh, recover, you know, it knows, it knows what to do. And so, um, I've broken bones and Mm -hmm. torn muscles and ligaments and you name it, I've probably done it. And so uh, when this came up, obviously this was a game changer and this changed my life dramatically. Um, But there's still that part of me that says, you know what, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to adapt and overcome and whatever it takes uh, to get through it and come out, not just get through it, but actually live a, a good long life and and uh contribute to society and and get back to the life that i once had and mm-hmm. the best that i can so um to answer your question of how that came about is i think it's a it is definitely um, a mental state something that you have got to believe in yourself and know that everything happens for a reason and whatever comes your way good or bad there's a reason for it and um, use that um, adversity to to find your true character who are you are you going to lay down and give up or are you going to fight for a life that you want and so that's that's what i'm doing there are probably a lot of people listening to your story right now with their own set of trials struggling to catch a portion of your unquenchable can-do spirit um But listening to your story and reading the articles that have been written about you, it seems like you skip the part that a lot of people go through and some who never make it through. The anger and the why me, the cursing of God and all that. Did you really skip that part, Gary, or did you experience it too? And how did you reach the other shore? Well, losing a limb is uh, very similar to losing a spouse. It's something that is a part of you, you know, your whole life. I had my leg for 38 years. And so it was a part of me that I counted on every day and, and now it's gone. And so um, there was definitely a grieving period, believe it or not. I had to really wrap my, my, my brain around the fact that that leg is never coming back. Um, and so absolutely, I went through um, stages of grief. There, there was anger, I, of course. You know, uh, I was sad. I was depressed. Uh, there was, you know, why me? Thoughts like that. Of course, those things came into my, came into my mind. Um, but having a family, you know, they're super supportive, you know, helps immensely having the church super supportive, having, um, friends at work and, um, uh, just other relationships with people that are just, they know who I am and, and what I'm about. And they just swooped in and supported me with anything that I needed. So that's a huge, huge help. Um, but I've, preach to my kids ever since they were born that everything happens for a reason. And 
now that this major tragedy has happened to me, who am I to go back on my word and say, why me? Woe is me. You know, I can't do that. I can't say, I can't tell them one thing and then act differently. Right. So um, as, as horrible as this is, and it still is, it's a year out. It still hurts. It's, I still go through lots of emotions and things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, um, there's a reason for it. And, and I really truly believe that. And, and I wouldn't have said this a year ago, not even close, but I really believe this is a gift and, and it's been given to me for whatever reason. Um, and that reason is that I believe is to help others. And so I'm using it uh, to help kids, especially, but uh, there's a lot of adults that have reached out to me and said, Hey, um, my friend is going through this or my family member is going through this. Can you talk to them? Will you reach out to them? And I've done that. And it is, um, it has been an amazing journey. I've been able to help, help other people come out of this, this state of mind of depression, of, of feeling really down on themselves. And, and, uh, you know, this one, one guy in particular, he was, he was going through some things and, and he turned to alcohol and then he started, um, following my story and, and he decided to stop drinking and turn his life around. And I've re you know, we've communicated a little bit. And so that's amazing. You know, mm -hmm. I can, and I get it. I get a lot of encouragement out of, out of doing that, out of helping others. And so I really feel like, um, I'm going to do more of that. There's kids. I've talked to kids at children's Dallas. Scottish, right? Uh, I haven't, well, there is one, one little girl that I've talked mm -hmm. to that and also at Cook's uh, Children's in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just um, different relationships that I'm building with these people. And so it's not nothing, it's nothing that I am this master at by any means, mm -hmm. but I feel like I've gone through something like this and um I've been able to get my way back to fighting fire. And so if I can do that, I really want to tell, you know, these people, you know, and especially these kids that don't let something like this hold you back. You can do anything you want and be anything you want. Um, are you going to be a little bit different than everybody else? Yep. But there's nothing wrong with that. And so I've really, I've really gotten a lot out of helping others. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do any work with like veterans? So um, a little bit. There is a um, foundation out of Carrollton. They're called um, Adaptive Training Foundation, ATF, and they work a lot with veterans. And so I've been going down there and doing some workouts and getting to know them a little bit um, just, just to have another person to relate to. I'm not a veteran. Um, I've never served in the military, but I'm a first responder, you know, firemen, we, we serve the community. And so we have, we have a very similar uh, job descriptions. And so we can relate on a lot of things, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those veterans, they got their amputations from war. Um, mine was not that type of tra traumatic. Uh, it was, it was a different type of trauma for me. Um, but we can relate on how we function now, you know, mm -hmm. physically, how we 
how we shower on one leg, you know, and how, you know, in the middle of the night, you have to get up and go to the bathroom. You have to put a leg on, you know, or hop in a wheelchair or, you know, it's, and it's a workout, you know, and, and different, different challenges we have there. And, you know, mentally it's a big, it's a big thing could, you know, because like I said, it's, it's loss. It is a loss. And even though you kind of work through that, you still have times where you're, where you think, man, you know, that leg just ain't coming back. And so able to talk to each other and relate to each other, it really helps, um, helps them, helps me uh, really just keep moving forward, you know? And so my, my goal is to really reach out to, to anyone having any type of adversity. I've talked to people with cancer. And so I know I don't have cancer, but there are some things that we can relate together with and and really kind of work through it and i think that we're all we're all in this together we all have different types of adversity whether it's physical whether it's mental whether it you know there's all kinds of um things that that people come that that happen to people and so i think just by us getting together supporting each other letting each other know that we're not in it alone we're all in this together really boosts spirits and it helps helps people to to get up that next day and, yeah. and keep working. I think it's marvelous, um, wonderful, that you have taken adversity and turned it into opportunity, especially an opportunity to um, serve, to give service. Can you speak a little more about the role faith has played in your life? Well, my faith has played a huge role in my recovery. You know, I don't know how people go through such tragedy and they don't have um, the gospel in their lives. It, it would be so difficult to always wondering why. Why did this happen to me in this, in this world of all these people? I'm not a bad person, things like that. I feel like um, people that, that don't have Christ in their lives may not be able to see that big picture, may not be able to understand that that things happen for reasons. And it's not always for you to, because you were a bad person or anything like that. I think a lot of, a lot of times things happen so that you can learn and grow from it um, and then be able to teach and help others get through it. And so this is just one of those times where I've been given this... Um, this adversity and um, but through my faith I know that there's a reason why it happened and that reason is to to help others and I really truly believe that having that faith that knowledge knowing that uh, someday I will see my leg again mm -hmm. I will be a whole I will be a whole person again um, really helps definitely helps uh, get through the day and the week and and be able to to share that with others you know and i think that everything is everything that happens whether it's good or or not so good is is for the glory of god and so um there's a lot of people that i've been able to reach and reach out to and talk to and bring up the gospel and talk about christ and things that i never ever would have met them or talked to them and, and some of them know Christ and some don't. And so I think that it's just, it's just an opportunity to share the gospel and, and let people know that 
and God loves them and just the same as, as anyone else. And, and that, that we can, um, get through anything as long as we have that faith. One thing that impresses me about you and your story is your unwavering positivity and your unwillingness, unwillingness really to accept any limitations. One way you demonstrate this is through your athletic endeavors. Many may think and wrongly assume that the loss of a limb means the end of that part of your life. But you're here to say not so. You are a living, breathing example of the unbowed athlete. Can you tell us how you ensured your spot on the Team USA's high-performance sitting volleyball team and your goal to make it to the Paralympics in Tokyo next year? Yes, ma'am. Um, so during my journey of getting a prosthetic leg, one of the firefighters up in Ohio reached out to me and said, hey, there is an organization in Orlando that they help veterans and first responders. They help them get legs and things like that. So reach out to them. So I did talk to them and they flew me and my wife out there and they are amazing. Uh, they're called 50 Legs and they just like that. They help kids and veterans and first responders get legs so they can get back to back to life. And they're truly amazing. They work with a prosthetic company called um, POA out of Orlando Prosthetic Orthotics and Associates. And so they're just phenomenal. Um, while I was there, I met a girl, uh, a young teenager who has a double amputee, both legs and one of her arms is missing. And so she had the biggest smile that you could have possibly imagined. And, and so um, we started talking and she turns out she's actually from Texas. She's not far from here. Um, but she is uh, like on the kids side of Paralympic type activities and things. And so we just started talking about athletics and things. And she said that um, every year up in Oklahoma city, they have a big track and field event with different sports and athletic games and activities that all amputees go to. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to check that out. And so um, I did. And that was last June. And so while I was there, I did all kinds of running and field events. And uh, they also had wheelchair basketball and volleyball clinics and different things. And so um, I've always been athletic my whole life. And so I thought, I'm just going to try everything. And so um, I sat in on the, the sitting volleyball. And um, that's it's a very uh, tough sport, believe it or not, because you're not in a wheelchair. You literally sit on the floor. And so you move around and you, you know, you, you pass, you set and you hit just like standing, except um, you're moving around with your hands and, and on your, on your backside, you know? And so it's, it's really tough on the body, uh, but it's a lot of fun, so much fun. Um, so while I was there, we played it, I played a game and, um, got to know some of the people and didn't realize it at the time, but, um, where we were at, it was actually in Edmond, Oklahoma at the university of central Oklahoma. And they are the training site for the Paralympic sitting volleyball teams. And so, uh, the men's team and the women's team, some of them were there at the time. And so we kind of got to just talk to them a little bit and, 
it was fun playing against them. They're so good, so good. But um, uh, I didn't really realize it at the time, but uh, we had written down our email address and things like that. And um, a couple weeks later, I got an email from uh, one of the coaches of the Paralympic team saying, hey, um, you know, we, we liked – we liked what we saw. Would you like to come to one of our camps and see if this is something you want to pursue? And so I was, you know, I'm a competitive person. I like to compete and, and, and play and, and have fun. And, uh, and this is my first opportunity to do something like that as an amputee, you know, to, to compete. And so I was like, definitely. And so I came up to that first camp and I just, I loved it. It was, it was a lot of work. It, it really is, but it was a lot of fun. And so um, they they offered me a spot on this on the team. And so it is the high performance team, which means it feeds into the, the the national team. And the national team is who goes to who go travels all over the world, you know, all year long playing in these world tournaments. And then of course they go to the Paralympics every four years so i'm on the team just below them trying of course to to train and get better and make it onto onto that team so um there's there's talk about the team that i'm on going um overseas in the spring to play in a tournament and so i'm really excited about that opportunity and i hope it hope it comes to be um but if not, I'm going to still keep training and working and try and get better and get on that national team. And so that's the goal that I have um, for volleyball. Now, I've also some other opportunities have come up as well in this world of, of um, athletics for amputees. And so uh, there's a little bit of standing sand volleyball that I'm looking at playing a little bit and um I'm also looking at getting into the bobsled um, and even doing the skeleton, which is single uh, laying down on your belly and going down, you know, the, the, the snow and ice. And so that's interesting to me. And I'm also looking at possibly doing some running events. And so I've got to get a different leg for that, but uh, there's, you know, there's some opportunities there. And so now that my leg is feeling better, I can train a little bit harder and work different, different muscles and just get that balance right. And, and, uh, and see, see what happens. I'm, I know I'm not a spring chicken by any means, but, um, I still have that competitive nature about myself and I want to see how far I can go with it. You know, um, came across some, a quote from you that really stood out in my mind um, when my I always told my kids when they were growing up the world is your oyster um, and you had said at one point um, we all have obstacles we all have adversity everyone and how you respond to that adversity is what determines your character I'm a firefighter and I have a prosthetic leg so if I can do that the world is your oyster Yes, ma'am. I believe that 100%. So there's not too many more challenging jobs in this world than being a firefighter. We find ourselves in 
many different predicaments, many different situations. Um, physically, we have to contortion around objects. We've got people that we have to pick up and carry and maneuver in and out of um, some of the strangest places that you can imagine. Um, and then, of course, fighting fire, we put our, our packs on and it weighs, you know, 50 pounds. And so that added weight and then we're carrying a hose or tools or, you know, people out. I mean, there's um, physically it's it's one of the toughest jobs that that is out there. And so um, if I can do that with a prosthetic leg, then um, you can do literally anything you want to do. There are no limitations. And, uh, and I know that to be true. Absolutely. hundred percent. So that's just what I want to share with people. I feel like I have a platform I can say, and I'm not a big guy, you know, and, but I can do this. And so if I can do this, you can do anything you want to do. Don't let something like a, a leg or, or an arm or you name it, stop you from doing what you want to do. Put your mind to it and get after it. Folks, we've been talking to Gary Wyland, our legitimate hometown hero. I apologize for all the ambient noise in this recording. Unfortunately, this time of year in North Texas, we have a lot of leaf blowers roaming free. That's all for now. It's time to bank the fire and call in the dogs. Until next time, this has been Janie Nelson on Lone Star Latter-day Saint Voices. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 